0: Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette.
1: Welcome, everybody. My name is Jason Lynette, and this is an event that's going out first of all to the Work Smart Hypnosis community. It's a free community that runs online, and with permission, we're actually sharing this a number of different places. So for those of you that I might be new to, let me just give a quick reference that these types of live stream events, these hypnosis workshops, are something that we're doing on a more regular basis nowadays. And I've got something that's going to make it really easy for many of you to keep track of these events as they happen, which is very simple. If you're watching me right now, you can see on the screen there's two options. You can pull out your phone if you're in the U.S. and Canada, and text the word SMART to the phone number 844 Two seven seven six two seven eight. Yes, that does spell eight four four two seven. Smart. So if you text the word smart to that toll free number eight four four two seven seven six two four eight, that'll get you onto the VIP list to let you know of upcoming events. Those of you outside of the U.S. and Canada, it's a little funny with text messaging. So option for you, option for everybody really, is go to worksmarthypnosis.com/smart. We call that the VIP notification list. That way you'll know as these events kick off. The topic of today is something that I'm joined here by Dr. Richard Nongard. Before I let him jump in and do a quick introduction, it's that I posted something in my WorkSmart community a little while ago, and it was around the question as to what do you do when your session's not going the way that you want. And Richard and I connected this morning and we're chatting about this and it became, you know what, let's hop on and teach in real time. We've got four specific methods that we are about to dive into. Uh, though Richard, I'm going to toss this over to you. And for those that don't yet know you, introduce yourself.
0: Well, it's good to be here. Most of you probably do know who I am. For those of you who don't, I am Richard Nongard. Uh, I've written a lot of books on the subject of hypnosis and hypnosis scripts. And one of those books I actually wrote in 2011. It was titled Magic Words in Hypnosis by Richard Nongard. And really it's a collection of scripts to help you handle anything that could possibly come your way. So for example, what do you do if a jackhammer goes off on the street in front of your office, Uh, or if you're working online, a jackhammer on the sidewalk in front of your neighborhood? Uh, How do you deal with odd things that happen in hypnosis? Often though people have the same question that somebody asked in Jason's group earlier, and that is how can I on the fly change my session from the structure I planned to what it is that my client actually needs. And the four ideas or four strategies that Jason and I are going to share with you today are going to be exceptional strategies to help you do exactly that. The result is you'll have unlimited confidence before today is over to do any session, even if it's one, That surprises you.
1: Well, let's take a moment and chat on that for a moment, just to set the right foundation. How many years total in hypnosis?
0: Uh, It depends on how you want to count it. I first learned about hypnosis uh, 38, 39 years ago. Uh, I tell people I've officially been a hypnotist for 33 or 34 years, depending on how you want to count it. So I've been doing this for a long time.
1: So it was a hobby of mine since 2001 and then dabbled for a number of years, and then got more serious about it, 2005, 2006, and officially full-time since 2007. So from my years, from your years, how many times does the session go exactly as you predicted it, Richard?
0: It goes 0% of the time the way that you predicted it. And this is important. So again, I I was doing sessions back in the late 1980s. And what year were you born, Jason?
1: I was born in 82.
0: There you go. So I was doing uh, hypnosis a long, long time ago. And since then, I've done thousands and thousands of sessions online, in person, in my office, even on stage. And the reality is never once has what I expected the end of the session to be like been like what I expected the end of the session to be like.
1: Okay, let's start this off right then. Before we dive into these four strategies, What's your best story of the session going a different direction than you expected?
0: Well, there's actually one client I'll never forget. Everything seemed fine. He came into my office to quit smoking. This was an in-person session. It was probably in the late 90s, maybe early 2000s. And uh, I start doing the induction. And the induction I was using wasn't particularly uh, interesting. It was probably a combination of progressive muscle relaxation, some eye fixations, typical induction stuff. And before I really got any further, the guy suddenly looked at me, his eyes popped up and he said, do you believe in God? And uh, I was kind of shocked by, uh, by his interruption of my induction. And I, I was too smart to answer the question because I-, I knew that was a trick question. And so I simply looked up at him and I pointed to my diploma and I said, well, Jerry Falwell signed my diploma. And he said, OK, and closed his eyes down. This, this was the strangest thing ever. And so I just proceeded as if everything was normal. I did my stop smoking hypnosis. By the time I was done with the session, he had a big smile on his face. He was so happy. He was getting ready to leave. And I said, I, I got one question I have to ask you. He said, he said what's that? I said, uh, I, I said, you asked if I believe in God. And, and he said, oh, yes. He said, my pastor told me not to come here. He said, but I want to tell you. I'm really grateful that I came here today and, uh, and this was the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me. So thank you very much, Richard. And uh, what I learned of course, from that session is any interruption can occur at any time and having the right answer and being able to, to go with the flow is really something that's essential. And, and frankly, the four strike we could have retitled this workshop today, Jason, the four strategies for going with the flow so that you have confidence in any situation.
1: I think we actually called it at least two different topics as I announced this one. So mm-hmm. there's version three. I had forgotten the story that I'll now tell, uh, which, by the way, the kicker to the story is the uh, person who cleans your swimming pool is Jerry Falwell Jr. Too soon? We'll keep yeah. going here. Uh, yeah. But it's it goes good. to also, oddly enough, another stop smoking session. I used to do it over the course of these multiple meetings, and the shape of this appointment was she's like 60, 70 years old, and it's the second appointment, and she comes in, and the first thing out of her mouth is, this is amazing. I've never gone for more than three days without smoking. It's been two weeks. This is a miracle. And I look down, and I'm thinking at first it's a little too warm. I used to be in the Washington, D.C. area. It's a little too warm for her to be carrying like this scarf. And I look down, and now that I tell you this white fluffy dog's name was Fifi, whatever image you just created in your mind, that is exactly what the dog was. And by the way, male dog named Fifi. We'll just put that out there too. And you need to understand it's about 104 degrees outside, and I can't leave Fifi in the car. And I'm hearing this And on one side, she's already said, I've quit. And this is the session where it's now ego strengthening, ratification, bringing everything up and building resilience. And part of me is now going, okay, she's quit. And she's going to insist the dog is here. Oh, yeah, Um, there's a blanket that I was meaning to take home. I was going to wash it tonight anyway. You can just let the dog lay on the blanket. Oh, no, Fifi has horrible separation anxiety if he's not on my lap. So I'm now doing the session and... Fluffy's now sitting on this woman's lap. This is when I was doing everything in person, and I'm about to reach over and do like the moment of a Dave Elman induction where you pick up the arm and plop it down. And as I reach, and as I made contact, which is, this was nothing new. We had done this in the first session, but Fifi wasn't there. I just see the teeth, and I hear, and I just think, don't do that this session. (laughs) And so many different other things were going off, whether it was noises in the hallway that then the dog started barking at. And I kind of throw that into that sort of Navy SEAL style of training, that after that, throw me anything, we got this, this is going to become a whole lot easier along the way. So we share our horror stories, and I'm sure we've got worse if you really let us on this long enough, yet let's start to get into some of the strategies that we're going to be sharing here. I'd give a quick mention that uh, Richard and I have not just one event that's coming up soon. We've actually got two of them. We do a training certification program together. It's the program that we call Work Smart Hypnosis Live, and we've announced it in a slightly different way than normal, which is that typically we would ever say, oh, here's the next one, yet because we alternate the times. Some of you are in the US and Canada, and then some of you are in Europe, which means if we do a time that's great for all of you, then it's horrible for those of you in Asia, Australia, and New Zealand. But then when we do one that's in the evening for us, it's gorgeous because it's like as the sun is rising in the morning, down under, and yet then on the other side of things, it's like middle of the night in Europe. Uh, So take a look. We've updated the WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com page for the reason that now you can see there's an event kicking off in April which those of you in Europe choose that one. There's an event kicking off in May, and those of you down under and Australia, Asia, New Zealand, those areas, that one's going to be the perfect timing for you. U.S., Canada, Central America, either one is fantastic for you. Uh, it's interesting to point out, though, that it's an event that not everybody who's going through it, even though it is a certification program for the ICBCH. About half the audience are people that are, yes, brand new, and like this is the first training that they're doing. Meanwhile, the other half of people are folks that have already been trained, might already be seeing clients. And yet, it's kind of in part like the narrative we're about to share of what happens when you learn from people who are actively doing the work. My approach of change is based upon belief systems and hypnotic phenomenon and conversational hypnosis. Richard's approach has a huge foundation inside of evidence-based strategies which if you're wanting to speak with greater clarity in terms of the how and why of hypnosis, if you want greater credibility for referral sources, this is the dialogue we should have been doing already. So that's part of why the event again coming up, Work Smart Hypnosis Live. We've got two of them. It's where half the crowd are people who are brand new and it's the first training that they're doing. The other half are there refining the strategies, they're they're filling in some how of the many gaps.
0: people have had 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 years of experience and taken our certification course and found it to be an incredible update to their skill sets that um, really served their
1: purposes. And also, we've had instructors taking it too that our friend Scott Sandlin says learn from people who disagree with each other. I would say that, yes, you and I do disagree on a few things, but at the same time, let's Modify that, That learn from people who have a different pathway to get people to the same desired outcome. And that's yep. going to be the whole theme of what we're about to get into. Uh, we got four things. Ready to dive in, Richard? Let's go. Let's do this. All right. So first of all, I'll take the first one. And the simple statement is, ask better questions in the intake. Let's take a moment and go to the foundation of NLP, Neurolinguistic Programming, which If you're not yet familiar with it, or if you are, here's a much easier way of explaining it. NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, was originally a behavior modeling exercise, and they were originally modeling three effective people. Three of them in the first pass were therapists. One of them, Milton Erickson, happened to be a hypnotist. So it creates a bit of a riddle that, technically speaking, then all of hypnosis fits inside of NLP. But because NLP was then modeling other concepts, not all of NLP then fits inside of hypnosis. I share this because there's a simple concept that becomes the foundation of that sort of more conversational approach to change, which would be that you're either in one of two models. You're either in the meta model, which is where you are gathering information, you are asking questions, you are unpacking reality. You are getting into specifics. You're getting into value-based statements. Someone says that they want to exercise more. And you ask the follow-up question, what kind of exercise? That's what's called chunking down, going into specifics. Or you ask, as you're now exercising, what do you want that to give you? And they tell you greater health. And you then say, when you say greater health, what's that mean to you? And then they tell you this heartfelt story about how one of their parents passed away at a young age because they didn't take care of their health, and now they're a parent, and they want to be around. That's chunking up. So I share this because one side of this model is the meta model, that of gathering information. The other side of it was then named the Milton model, named after Milton Erickson, which is there we're then taking the information we've collected and then putting it into use. And I'm going to hold up both hands for a moment for those watching the live stream of this, And it's to say, if you ever find yourself in the change process and you're stuck in terms of what you ought to be doing, let that be the easiest sign that you probably should have asked more questions over here. So I've given you two strategies already. This isn't going to be the thing where we just go, oh, do this. Here's where to go. No, let's break this down. I've given you chunking down, which is getting into the specifics, which let me give a small warning to this ethically which would be that there is a bit of an unintentional side effect to this model questioning. Well, when specifically would you like to be exercising? What kind of exercise? Okay, well, that's going to be outdoors. What if it's a day that it's raining? What do you want to do differently? I know you mentioned you travel for work. How do you want to modify that when you're traveling? What about this? And the downfall of this, and I'm going to apologize in advance, is that oftentimes by breaking down these surface-level ideas into the specifics and the values, that becomes conversational change, and your person already begins to unlock a lot of what's been standing in the way. And all you've done is just ask the right questions at the right time. I mentioned a warning, because the side effect of this is, they are creating discoveries and epiphanies because of your questions, They're already getting their change in motion before you ever said, close your eyes, let's do hypnosis. And they're going to be giving you the credit for all the changes that they are unlocking. And they're going to think you're really, really smart. And I apologize in advance for that. (laughs) So we can chunk down into specifics. We can chunk up into the value-based statements. What's that going to give you? If I can give one big recommendation here, ask questions that now... Move toward the desired outcome. If you were to ask the question, and this is not to say never ask this, if you were to ask the question, well, why do you think you do that? How has that been so far? And I'll edit this to say if your questions then stay in that style, I'm sad to tell you, you are hypnotizing your client deeper into the hole of their problem. And instead, if you watch me, I'm always playing with spatial awareness. It's where, okay, so that's how it's been up until now. How do you want that to be different? And I am physically moving you to this other place. And the moment you then bring me into story of how it's been difficult, I am conditioning this dialogue even before the session begins in a very conversational suggestion, conversational hypnosis way to go. Okay, well, that's how it's been. How do you want that to be different? And then you're there in that situation. What do you want to be happening now? And I'm asking this future paced question, but I'm hitting you with the word now which is already getting the gears in motion. Yeah, Alan says here the benefits approach in some way. I'm going to go a little bit above and beyond that, though. Yay, Alan, you click the link, we can see your name. It would be the fact that we're also helping to disassociate them out of the stuck story that brought them in. And the more we can just condition them to that desired outcome, the more that we're going into the session with this conviction that I already know what's going to happen. We're both going into the session already knowing what the outcome is going to be. So when all else fails, ask. And yes, the promise of today was that of troubleshooting your process. I'm kicking this off here by talking about asking better questions because meta model, Milton model, the better quality questions you ask as the process begins, the more prepared you are going into the session. And let's put this into a sales context, satisfy objections before they arise you will have the desired outcomes. And if you don't know, ask. Here's a kicker before I toss this over to Richard for the next piece of this. Hey, we're back here again a week from now. What's the story you want to be telling me as early as next week when we're here once again? What's the specific story you want to be telling me as to what you've noticed that's going to tell you that, wow, this is happening. I've got this. This is going to be easy. And this is genuinely one of those, they write the script for you. And yes, I'm using the word loosely here because it's based upon what they've shared and not what is printed in a book from 40, 50 years ago. Uh, Because Richard, it would take at least like 18 weeks to write a book, right?
0: Takes 12 weeks to write a book at 12weekbook.com.
1: Look at that seamless transition. (laughs) We might go slightly out of order here. I'm going to go into my second piece of content here. And I'm sure Richard will swoop back in for his other two pieces. We'll just go Jason, Jason, Richard, Richard for the format. See, we obviously planned this because what do you do when your session doesn't go as planned? Well, first of all, it's only a mistake if you say, whoops. So here's the other thing I was going to share, which is that this is a big focus. And this is my, this is my soapbox of hypnotic change work. The best example of this is the question would often pop up. There's a running gag. The the event that he and I do together now works Smart Hypnosis Live. If you haven't yet heard of it, go there, watch the video tour at the top of the page. You can see the details of the upcoming events. You can see the stories of people who have gone through the class. Some might be faces you recognize. The biggest thing that comes out of this is that it's usually by the second real-time part of the event that people start to ask the question about, well, could I do this? Well, could I do it that way? Could I do the technique this way instead? Could I do the technique this way? And there's this running gag that establishes where now the official answer is, of course you could. Test it out, see how it goes. Or something would happen where the question would be about, well, you can't use this technique in that format. You know, we all, many more people went online for their sessions a number of years ago as the world shut down. And my brain works in a slightly different way on this. It's not a matter of this technique is bad, this technique is good, or you can't do this, you can't do that. The real point of this, point number three, which is now point number two, yay technology, is to instead make every method a universal method. Here forward, from this day onward, in all things the land of hypnosis, there is no such thing ever again as a stop smoking technique. There was never again a pain relief technique. There was never again an anxiety relief technique. And I will openly admit that this is a dialogue of mine that doesn't gain a lot of popularity until people begin to understand what really is behind it. Because it'd be easy to then pop up and go, hey, everybody, here's my fear of flying protocol. Here's my weight loss protocol. Here's this. And my whole approach is systematic, It's that every technique, you need to step back from the technique and ask, what is this doing? Let's take the classic glove anesthesia, which is a hypnotic pain relief technique, where, if you're not familiar with it, you would suggest that the hand is becoming numb, and then by way of what's called compounding, lift up your hand, move it to the other one, transfer the numbness, and the more you move it around, the more that numb sensation occurs. And then, theoretically, you would move the numbing sensation to the injured area where, yes, disclaimer, chronic pain diagnosed and cleared and all of that appropriate stuff before anybody goes, no, wait, I'm mentioning the ethical things here. In that method, though, look at what's happening. We are creating a positive hallucination, a kinesthetic feeling that's not really there and responding to it as if it is. So here's the guy who came in and the whole thing was, I'm really not a heavy drinker. I don't drink every day, let alone even every week. It's just that the social side of it, it's my excuse to kind of relax and I don't stop when it's time. That's what I want help with. And he suddenly says, and it's like I get this urge right here around my chest and my heart, that's this urging saying, you're going to be more sociable. And he suddenly pointed at a physical area and he isolated, that's where he felt the issue. But wait a minute, my original training said that's a pain relief technique we can't. No, if you can feel it, it means you can identify it. And if that's the case, if we can notice that feeling, we can suggest another feeling and move it over as well. So from this day forward, and this is the big focus of what I tend to share here, it's that of how do we take a technique and, well, it's the same thing I already taught. How do we chunk down into what is happening and how do we chunk up into what purpose is this serving. And by doing so, uh, I'd mention, I think he might have RSVP'd to this one here. He might even be here right now. Stephen Blake teaches a pain relief process that I consistently use parts of that now for behavior modification. Why? Because when you look at every technique out there and ask, what else can I use this for? Suddenly, It becomes less... Richard and I, oddly enough, have the same background. We both have a background of close-up sleight-of-hand magic. It's not a prerequisite for the class that we do. Wow. Don't reveal how that worked. It's a trade secret. Otherwise, we're going to lose our badges. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's from that world of looking at what are the pieces. And in, in that world, it was people who were like, oh, I need to learn more routines, more tricks. And instead, to be that person who can do a number of things exceptionally well. So I say this because many of us fall into that shiny object syndrome mode of here is the new technique that everybody's excited about, and you can step off to the side and realize it's pacing and leading, standard linguistics that actually make it work when you realize the how and the why beneath it, and yet to realize that it becomes how do we take the stuff that's there in the hypnotic toolbox, which, yes, was my nickname in college, how do we take the stuff in the hypnotic toolbox and now apply it in a variety of new ways, and I was surprised that, for me, this suddenly made the work exhilarating. It made the work exciting. I was reaching a place where I was kind of burning out at one point, and it was this revelation to go, the artistry is in the customization to the person in front of me. The artistry is the ability to seamlessly move parts therapy as a category, and I might be moving from this variation of parts therapy to this more kinesthetic one that I do, to perhaps from an NLP model, a six-step reframe, which I do in four steps because we don't need all six in my opinion. And by doing so, it's the seamless transition because we can look at what are the methods that are there. And I've, I've got to say, Richard has two techniques he's going to share that are exceptional. And <laughs> I will say, this is what I found to be that confidence breakthrough for so many people, that it's not the this technique versus that technique. It's suddenly now All of these methods are equal, and it's a matter of how we now see the places that they're customized to the person that's in front of you. So now on to content piece number three, which was previously number two.
0: That's right. And uh, this goes to show that the numbers don't count. There's actually a video of me on YouTube that's got over a million hits. And I say this at the end. I say, and in a moment, I'm going to count to three. And when I do, open your eyes with a smile on your face. One breathing in, paying attention to the air in the room around you and the chair below you. Two, stretching out the muscles that need to be stretched. One, opening your eyes, feeling fantastic, ready for the rest of the day. In other words, I never got to three. And and so every 100th comment since millions of people have watched this video is, hey, dude, I'm stuck in hypnosis. You never got to three. What this actually shows us, though, is that the client will attach the meaning that's important to them really to almost anything that we say and so clients have a lot easier time adjusting to interruptions or changes than we do as the hypnotist it's actually our problem not their problem when i moved into my uh, this was a long time ago i moved i moved from uh, my counseling center office which was in the back of a building to a new Hypnosis office, which I put in the front, which I was in. The, I moved from the back of the building to the front of the building. My very first session, somebody came in. It was my very first session. And that's when I realized moving to the front was easier to find. But the problem is, I was now by the window in the parking lot where cars were pulling out. People were honking to let their ride know they were there. Trucks were driving by over potholes and things like that. And I was the one stressed out about all of these distractions. Well, my clients weren't distracted by these distractions because they weren't a distraction to them. They came to my office to solve a problem. They were getting exactly what they they wished for. And uh, all of the sessions in those early days in that new office went very well. By the way, that's also when I began using a sound system in hypnosis. And uh, no one has to use a sound system, headphones and a microphone to do a hypnosis session. But as I always tell people, once you do, you'll never actually go back to doing it the other way anyway. But what happens when something unexpected happens? There are four R's. You can think of it this way, Richard, right? So uh, the four R's, uh, you write this down if you have a piece of paper, reorient the client, review the moment with the client, do a reintroduction with the client, and then reframe a new or desired outcome with the client. So let's just say anything happens, a car pulls up and keeps honking in the middle of a session, or a dog comes in the room and distracts you or the internet connection gets lost or whatever can come along to disrupt the expectation of what we have as a session. It is perfectly okay to simply reorient the client. It's perfectly okay to say, you know, Jason, go ahead and open your eyes, open your eyes, open your eyes, take in a breath. You can even acknowledge it. We have a distraction of one type or another. That's fine. This won't actually disturb you. It'll let you know that you're in the right place doing exactly what you need to be doing to make this change but we'll go ahead and let this distraction pass. Or let's say it's a behavior on the part of a client, all these itches, you can reorient them. Go ahead, open your eyes, open your eyes. I notice that you're you're scratching, you're itching a lot. Are you comfortable? Are you okay? Uh, They'll let you know that's perfectly okay. And so we, we can reorient our client at any time in the middle of a session. In fact, we have a word for this in hypnosis and that word is compounding. And that's exactly what we're doing, where when people are, are reoriented and that brought back into a state of hypnosis, it's actually deepening that awareness. So it's perfectly OK at any time to reorient and to talk to a client, to ask them what their needs are or anything else. And This is the review component, right? Open your eyes. Uh, let me know. Uh, are you are you comfortable? Is is uh, is there anything we need to discuss? Um, you might address a need that you have. Uh, I'm sorry to uh, to go ahead and open your eyes, but I'm going to go ahead and close this door because we keep having a lot of noise in the hallway. I mean, whatever it is, just review what's going on. That'll bring a sense of security to your clients. And then I can re it, I can reinduce them. Now, the great thing is, once I've already gotten eye closure, the next induction, the reinduction, is really pretty simple. It can literally be as simple as. Now go ahead and close your eyes and bring yourself back to that state of relaxation or that resource state that you were experiencing just moments ago before you opened your eyes. And so we do a reinduction and then we reframe. We reframe the scenario or situation. Every now and then I have a vibe or a feeling that a client's experience isn't exactly what maybe they expected the experience to be. So, I might reorient them. Go ahead, Jason, open open your eyes. Let's talk about where we are in the session at this point. Is this a value to you? Is the experience that we're creating so far um, resourceful to you? Is it comfortable to you? You'll let me know. Okay, great. Then I can have you close your eyes again. Uh, I can do a quick deepener again, five, four, three, two, one, zero. And then, of course, I can reframe from the point where we left off. So having that as a step-by-step process, those four R's, reorient, review, re-induction, and reframe, is the strategy you want to deal with anytime there's any
1: difficulties. Let's talk about that for a moment, because you dropped something in the middle of that that I think needs a spotlight on it, which is that the client is more flexible with the process than we are. Absolutely. Which we know the steps, We know the sequence that it's supposed to go. There's what would seemingly be a random experience. I used to work backstage production theater, and it's a production one time of, I think it was Hamlet. And it wasn't the actor playing Hamlet. It was the actor playing another role of, his name was Laertes. And in this moment, the actor on stage forgot the line. And whether this was the right thing to do or not really doesn't matter because show must go on is that there was another actor in the audience who knew the play and yelled out the line and the actor on stage actually goes, thank you. And then kept going. And there was this quick applause in the show kept rolling on. Uh, The people who are the experts at it already know what the next step is. The people who are going through it in their experience and for your clients, even if they've done hypnosis before, It's the fact that they've not done this exact process with you on this exact day for that specific issue. So again, it's only a mistake if you say, whoops. And um, (laughs) the beauty of this becomes that it's the flexibility of the process and having multiple strategies in terms of how to seamlessly move through so it keeps rolling in such a way that the process doesn't feel as if you're making the adjustments before they even know it. Uh, I love what Richard's about to share for this final point, which is going to give everybody a strategy you can actually use right away. If you're brand new, here's something you can use to start with your sessions and give your clients something that becomes a strength of theirs. If you're already working as a hypnotist, uh, Richard and I kind of follow a similar vein on this one, that we're not necessarily the people who record the entire session and say, go home and listen to this every day until the end of days. No, no. Instead, let's give them things that they can use so that they can practice living hypnotically as opposed to, I need to shut my eyes and I need a CD player. Do I still own one? And formally do hypnosis, which is a more up-to-date way of looking at it, of giving people skill sets, giving them abilities. I'll mention it here again for more like this. We're running an event coming up starting next month as well as the month after that WorkSmart Hypnosis Live, it's the live online hybrid training certification that we do. Head over to WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com, watch the video tour. You'll see exactly how it plays out. You'll see why half of the crowd are people who are brand new to hypnosis and it's the first thing that they're doing. The other half have significant training, might even already be seeing clients. Yet it's about building up that confidence, getting more consistent results, arming your clients with better strategies along the way. And Richard, I had to Google what you're about to teach. And I went, oh, I love that. So I'll toss the camera over to you.
0: Well, I really could teach anything here at this point. What I mean by that is any process that I find valuable, that I can share with clients, that they'll find valuable between sessions. How does this help a hypnotist develop confidence? Real simple. If you know how to teach something that's of value to your clients at any point in any session. With their eyes open or their eyes closed you can teach a process to them and really assign this as a self-hypnosis exercise that they can practice between now and the next session a lot of people are familiar with my three two one emotional reset technique that's a real simple strategy where we take three breaths uh, we take our two hands a little bit of bilateral stimulation going on there and then one minute of mindfulness That's a strategy that I practice with clients in my office and a homework assignment I give them to utilize between now and their next session. Another one is Shemmer, a self-help, eye movement, emotional reframing process. Now, without turning this into an entire EMDR workshop, this is not EMDR. Uh, EMDR is a specific type of psychotherapy. This is a self-help eye movement or a bilateral stimulation process. And it it's relatively simple. That's how, why in a couple of minutes, I can actually share this with you and you'll find it to be valuable. Uh, and there are just a couple of steps to this. And the step, first step is to identify the situation or the emotion or the change or the difficulty that one wants to make. And then the second thing is to have the client describe that and then to begin exploring that while using some form of bilateral stimulation. So I have
1: to swoop in for a quick moment that the sound of the barking dogs means that you can learn the strategy even faster.
0: The dogs appear to be going crazy, but that's perfectly okay. So I want my client to describe the experience and they can do this quickly. While the dogs are barking, I'm a little anxious about what other people's perceptions are. I'm wondering if I should go check on the dogs. I'm, I'm future pacing in my mind. You know, The dog's eating some sort of interloper in my front hallway, you know, all these sorts of things. So we have a person really identify a feeling or a situation or an emotion and what that is in and of itself is a grounding exercise, we then can simply review that. While creating eye movements and we can create up and down eye movements, left and right eye movements. By the way, bilateral stimulation doesn't have to be eye movements. It could be simply crossing the left arm over the right hand and using a technique like this. Or even simply passing an object from one hand to another. But it's at this point that what we're doing is we're literally tapping into the emotional and the kinesthetic aspects of the left, right brain functioning. And we're integrating these together to create a holistic experience for the client. And I'm going to have my client begin using some simple affirmations. And affirmations don't have to be difficult. They can be as simple as uh, Stuart Smalley. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And doggone it, people like me. And using this self-talk or this affirmation when contemplating a difficult situation, an emotion or an experience while using some form of bilateral stimulation almost always produces a change or a response to the way that we perceive that situation. And so the next step is to stop moving the eyes and stop moving the hands or passing an object back and forth. And as the emotions, as we put some space between us and our emotions, clarity does begin to emerge. And then we can take an action. That's step three that allows a person to tap into a new resource state. This can be by setting an intention creating a visualization, taking a pen and paper, and writing down new beliefs that have emerged, anything like that, so that we take an action on what it is that we've done in the previous moment or two, and then simply closing out the process with some self-reflection. Asking myself the question, is there some space between me and this emotion, between me and the situation, between me and uh, my experiences? We're almost going to find that by putting some space, we can be more mindful, more resilient, And we can gain a new perspective and a new vantage point on anything, whether it's withdrawal or overeating or anything else. You know, Jason, as you know, I'm following your stunning example by losing a lot of weight and trying to be a healthier hypnotist. And uh, yesterday, I was pretty darn close to the lowest I've been in probably the last 20 years.
1: I know where Richard was about to go, so we're going to wrap this up here. It's that here's this moment where we can get tempted. Here's this moment where we can get stuck. And the way that I kind of theme this is a simple premise that in terms of personal change, the word because fits in in a variety of different ways. All you need is a because. Well, because this is happening, that now means I can do this. And I've kind of nicknamed this this get out of jail free card, or yes, that is the movie poster for um, Spaceballs, uh, the Schwartz technique, which is... As we're teaching a client a technique, the more you make use of this, the better it's going to work for you, and the better it works for you, the less you're going to need it, because now it's established that new way of living. So related to that, be careful that you're not suggesting your client back into the problem, that it's not that they're just looking for strategies to cope. They're looking for something to then interrupt that old process and now create a new way of living that then becomes that automatic response, then becomes that new normal. So I'm going to assume Wonders of Technology, or hopefully not a mysterious person in Richard's house, as the story hopefully is not, uh, is where (laughs) we, we find that here's something that the stuff that used to be the interruption, your clients who go, what if I have a craving? What if this fear creeps back? Every moment is only an opportunity. And the most empowering word in your language, or the most debilitating word in your language, is the word because. Because that moment it would become every reason that because this is happening, I slide back into the problem. Yet, the better we can arm our clients, that moment becomes every reason that because this is going on, it gives me the opportunity to be resilient, live inside of my change, and move forward. Which, side note, I'm actually out of the country next week, <laughs> and I'm thinking of a person who started working with me back in February for hypnosis, for weight loss. And it was, oh, I really want to do this, except I'm going on this trip in a few weeks. And just when I go on vacation, it's this all-inclusive resort. And here's how I normally end up eating. And I don't want to lose everything I've done with you. Let me do it afterwards. And it just took a question to go, okay, that's option one. Option one is we just do this later because here's what's coming up. Option two, I'll just ask a question. What if the fact that you're going to have all of these opportunities in front of you becomes the reason that it's not this all-or-nothing experience, that you're still able to enjoy the trip, you're still able to indulge appropriately, and let me just put this out there. You come back from the trip, and the scale might say a couple of pounds more than you'd like, yet now that's the because as to why you're back on track and not the story as to, well, I blew it back to the old way, And instead, this is what happens as Richard was sharing this methodology of how do we interrupt that pattern and establish a new one. Uh, We're going to keep these most often around 40, 45 minutes. So I want to thank all of you who are joining us here live. And two things to do. One, if you want to have more alerts, more notifications as to when we're going live and sharing content like this, I'm going to be bringing on some other guests along the way. We'll mention this one more time on your phone, U.S. and Canada. If you text the word SMART to the phone number 844 6278 yes, that does spell eight four four two seven 27 smart because it was available, uh, that will put you on the notification list to get text messages right before these go live. Those of you outside of the U.S. and Canada, our system won't do SMS for beyond that, uh, worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash SMART. Those of you in the U.S. and Canada, pick either one. And let's keep this going. It's the fact that we've created this event that I was doing originally, and I'll say this next thing without any bit of boasting underneath it. I was offering my WorkSmart Hypnosis Live training and certification program and consistently filling up the event, and when I saw the nature of what Richard was teaching in this category of contextual hypnotherapy and evidence-based methods, taking the work that's The last thirty or forty years of research and bringing it into the modern process, the trainer part of my brain (laughs) went, "This is the stuff that this industry needs. Let's bring them on board." Which overpowered the business part of my brain, which let me just call it out to give what he teaches the proper weight and respect that it needs. To go, I'm okay earning half of an event now because this is the dialogue that I want to help to elevate. That's his approach. Mine is that of conversational change as well as phenomenon-based outcomes. Your client can feel their problem. Therefore, you ought to do a process where they can feel the change taking place. This is what we share. It's an eight-week event, hybrid, live and online. We've got two options coming up. One kicks off in April. The one in April, you can check out the details, watch the video tour, see all the notes. WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com. If you're in the U.S., Canada, Central America, and let's say Europe, the one in April is going to be your best bet. Those of you outside of Europe, let's now add in Asia, Australia, New Zealand. Uh, We mailed out certificates for the recent event a couple of days ago, and I was sending documents to both France, Indonesia, Israel, and like within the same area where my office used to be in Virginia, Uh, the one coming up in May. You can see there's two options now on that page, but the good news is you don't have to wait for the first day of class. As soon as you've claimed your spot inside of WorkSmart Hypnosis Live, instant digital delivery of an awesome library to start learning right away. So I'm Jason Lynette. That was Richard Nongard. That is his brand new internet connection, which seems to be warming up, which Serve to be the perfect metaphor for flexibility inside of the process. The thing that we need as hypnotists is confidence, creativity, and flexibility. So stay tuned for more live workshops like this. If you can join us in April or May, we'd love to have you there. Thanks everybody who joined us live. And let's keep this conversation going inside the community. See you around. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com.